reason that I think every female should get punched in the face is because bite down on your mouthpiece, ball your fists up, and make the person standing in front of you respect you. I think women, young kids, and grown men can all learn a lesson from being in that situation. Yeah. So everyday things, everyday conflicts become not as serious. After a couple times of being hit in the face, you start to realize you are not made of glass and you do not break easily. One day, somebody's gonna try to take something from you and you're gonna have to do something about it. And I hope that at that time, you're ready to do it. Mm -hmm. People say heart can't be taught. Bullshit. Yeah. Come train with us. Heart can be taught. Welcome to Emily Jordan Radio, a podcast hosted and produced by me, Emily Jordan. I'm a health and life coach for women, a former fifth grade teacher turned artist, coach, writer, personal trainer, podcaster, and overall a creative 20-something just trying to honor who I am as deeply as possible. This podcast is a collection of motivation, inspiration, insight, and entertainment, and I hope that it can be a part of your pursuit to honor who you are too. Find me on Instagram at emilyjordan underscore coaching and be sure to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or share it from wherever you're listening. Thanks for joining me here and let's get started with today's episode. What's up y'all? Welcome to another episode of Emily Jordan Radio. This is Emily here, but today's episode is not just me. I am joined by an amazing guest, Mr. Jeff Grady. I suppose now he's also a friend, but it's kind of funny the way you meet people and then the way your relationship and interactions just evolve that friendship. I met Jeff when I joined a boxing gym at the beginning of 2019 as kind of a New Year's resolution. And he was a trainer at the gym. He coached a couple of the classes I attended. And then literally like two weeks later, he quit to pursue his own business, which is awesome. Um, But somehow we stayed in touch. I was really interested in what he was about based on what he told me the first time that I ever took a boxing class, which we'll get into. But I suppose I can just go ahead and call him a friend now. He's also the owner of a Muay Thai and boxing gym in Charleston called Charleston Muay Thai and Boxing, which we will most definitely talk about in our chat. He's a competitive fighter himself. He's a coach. He's an all-around really cool and really humble guy. And he's also one of the easiest people I've ever interviewed because... I'm not even sure I can call this an interview. Like, I had questions, lots of questions, but I barely even had to ask them because Jeff kind of just unpacked them all in his own way. This conversation was so fun to have, and I know that his passion and real dedication and respect for the sport of Muay Thai and what he does will come across as you listen the same way that it did through our conversation in real life. Leading up to this episode, I've kind of been saying that this was a really unexpected or atypical guest. And in a way, that is totally true. Like, Jeff is a fighter. He owns a fighting gym. He's a dude. Like, all of those things are already not exactly what I would define as characteristics that you probably associate with me or my work or my podcast. But at the same time, his thoughts, his experiences, his views on women and health and happiness are 1000% spot on with everything that I'm about. I will let the interview and Jeff's words speak for themselves, but I just want to say that whether you're a female or a male, you need to hear this interview. You need to hear what Jeff has to say about not only men in martial arts, but especially women in martial arts. It was really eye-opening and really inspiring. Like, I was not expecting this amount of empowerment 
awesomeness, whatever you want to call it, from this conversation. It's not that I had low expectations. I wouldn't have chosen to interview Jeff if I thought this was going to be shitty or you weren't going to get anything out of this. But I really just had no idea the power of this sport and Jeff's spin on it. It's really cool. It's such a metaphor for life. I'm obviously really big on the mental aspect of health and fitness and just overall lifestyle happiness. And for me, the connection between mental health, physical health, and life is so obvious when it comes to Muay Thai and boxing. So... Without further ado, let's just jump right in with Charleston Muay Thai and boxing owner, Jeff Grady. Okay, so just tell me like you, give me like the Jeff intro. So my story is that when I was about 22, I didn't really have any direction in life. I wasn't on a bad path. Oh my God, are you about to tell my story too? On a path, probably. (laughs) Yes. So I wasn't really on a path. Um, I bartended, I went out all the time, and I was looking for something to keep me athletic. Were you here in Charleston? Yes. Are you from here? Yeah. So I was born in New York. I moved here when I was two and I've literally lived in West Ashley my entire life. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, I have lived in other places. I've lived in Thailand. I've lived in Anderson, South Carolina, but Charleston is my home. So like I said, I didn't really have a direction. Um, I got, I talked my mom into getting me a membership to a gym for Christmas and that was to a jujitsu gym okay and I met a girl named Justine Kish she fights in the UFC now Um, she's also an actress now but she was training Muay Thai and now even the jujitsu thing was that just super random or did you know yes like who picks that so it all kind of stemmed as much as I don't want to admit it and we will come back to this okay (laughs) about being a fan of the UFC okay about being a fan of not fist fighting I'm 30 years old, I own a boxing gym, and I think I've almost been in fistfights twice, and I've never officially been in a fistfight. The short story is I started doing jiu-jitsu, I started doing Muay Thai. Muay Thai is the rules of a boxing fight, where it does not go to the ground, you stand up the entire time, but I'm allowed to punch, kick, knee, and elbow, instead of just punch. And what is jiu-jitsu then? Jiu-jitsu is essentially wrestling. So you're wrestling, on it is on the ground, okay. it is with submission holds. Okay. Um, it is very good for self-defense as long as it's one-on-one. Okay. In a one-on-one situation, jiu-jitsu is going to win because you learn how to control somebody. Okay. So then while we're already here, what's Muay Thai versus boxing? So Muay Thai versus boxing, in a boxing match or in boxing training, you can only use your left and right hand. That is it. Not your in-between hand? Nope. That's it. <laughs> okay. Now, in Muay Thai, you can use your left and right hand, your left and right elbow, your left and right knee, and your left and right leg. Okay. So I can punch you, I can kick you, I can knee you, I can elbow you. Okay. In boxing, I can only punch you. Okay. All right. So, then back to where you were. You're 22, you join a jiu-jitsu gym, you meet this girl. Justine. Yes. And when I say I met a girl, I do not mean like a lot of people think I met a girl. Yeah. Um, You know, I met Justine, we were the same age, but... I had the utmost respect for my coach. So then she, after about three months, was going to Thailand. And she was going to go to Thailand for about um, a year, I believe. She had kind of had an open-ended ticket. She bought a one-way ticket. And she was just going to kind of figure it out as she went. Okay. Um, So slightly behind my back and a little bit in front of me, she had been talking to my mom about me going to Thailand as well because of the potential I had and how I was on no direction. And you're still 22 at this point. And I'm about 22. Okay. So about three weeks after she talked to my mom, my mom got me a plane ticket to Thailand. And she said, basically, 
She said that you are going for about two to three months, and when you come back, we'll figure it out then. And I will get to the story later on how I stayed in Thailand. But that is how I got there. Okay. So basically, it was all my mom. My mom said, this is your college. Um, I never really knew my father, and I had a little bit of inheritance money that he left me. But because I never knew him, I didn't want to just blow the money on a car or okay. a system for yeah. my car or go out and get drunk yeah. on this money. I wanted to try to better my life with it. Okay. So I put it away, and I basically used it when I went to Thailand. I sold a lot of stuff I owned. Um, I saved my money up, and I banked on that money I had from him to kind of be my college in Thailand. Okay. But I was originally only going for about two or three months. Well, keep going. Why'd you say? So. <laughs> Finish it um, out. <laughs> Thailand is about 11 hours ahead as far as time goes. Okay. And through fate or karma or whatever you want to believe, my first fight came on my birthday, which was June 2nd. But it was my mother's birthday is June 1st. Okay. So because we are 11 hours ahead in Thailand, it was my birthday in Thailand, and it was my mother's birthday in America. Oh. And I took my first fight, and I won by knockout, and I did really good, and I called my mom, and I said, hey, you're not going to believe it, I won my fight, um, I won by knockout at that, and she basically said, that's awesome, I'm so proud of you, there's more money than you thought with your dad's inheritance, you are staying for a year, I will see you when you come back. Bye. And that was, and I freaked out. At first, I went from a very high high to kind of a, not a like, slow low, but home? a scared low yeah. about what did I just get myself into. Yeah. And so that's kind of how my journey in Thailand started. I was absolutely pushed in that direction by the people around What did you do in Thailand? So, a typical day in Thailand is pretty Like, when you went with Justine, was it specifically for Muay Thai? Yes. Like, go so, train in Thailand, um, obviously the word Muay Thai comes from Thailand. And in Thailand, Muay Thai is the biggest national sport. It is like our baseball. Okay. In fact... You, I'm not being funny. You are going to have a hard time going to Thailand and finding somebody who has not competed. Really? Um, I have seen five-year-olds compete, and I have seen seven-year-olds Across compete. both genders, too? Across both genders. Um, a typical day in Thailand goes like this. You wake up at about 6 o'clock, 6.30. You're at the gym by 7. Normally, the warm-up... It's actually one of those sports where you can say the cliche, our warm-up is your workout. Yeah. You warm up no with about life. a 5K. Mm -hmm. oh, um, that's okay. your warm-up in the morning. Um, however, it's at your pace. Everybody's built different. Tall guys are going to run faster than short guys. Yeah. Short guys are going to sprint faster. That's just how it is. Yeah. So you run the 5K at your pace. One of the things that I learned from the gym that we all take into our gym, everybody starts the run and everybody finishes the run together. So those that are faster reach the finish line and immediately turn around and run back to those that are slower and run with them to the gym and we all finish together. Cool. So everybody in the gym sees us leave together and they see us walk back up together nice. and that's all that matters. Yeah. Then you do about five rounds on pads, practicing your punching, your kicking, your kneeing and elbowing, practicing your distance, practicing your defense, getting your cardio right, um, and basically practicing the weapons you're going to use when you compete in the ring. Okay. Practicing your special moves, yeah. you can call it. Then you practice your moves on the bag, similar to what you have done. Okay. Um, five rounds. So we're already at a 5K and 10 rounds. Yep. And you can vouch yeah. that in a title Hard class, shit. you only do eight rounds. Yeah. So we're already at 10 only. rounds. So then you do another five rounds of sparring. 
and then you practice punching each other. Sparring meaning with a partner. Yes, okay. with a partner, practicing the moves you did on the bag, on the pads, on a moving target is okay. really all yeah, you're doing. Yeah. You're not trying to hurt each other. I just, bags don't really move that much. Human beings so do. So different on a person. Yeah, right. even pads with a person. Right. So, so, yeah. so you practice all that. Then you do what is called clinching. Clinching is anytime you're in close, you can grab the person, practice your knees, practice your elbows, practice controlling them. And you do that for about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. So all in all, you work out for about two hours, two and a half hours. Then you go home, you eat lunch, and you repeat everything at three o'clock. Three o'clock to five o'clock or six o'clock, depending on how the day goes, you train again, and then you go home and you go to sleep. And that is your day's entire So 5K again, though. Yep. So you're running um, at least six miles yeah. every day. Yes. Okay. Um, so a minimum of six miles. Now, some gyms do a 10K every day. Okay. Um, and it's it's a little bit... People in America run for different reasons than people in Thailand run for. People in Thailand run a slower pace and build the muscles up in their legs. So if you kick my leg, at least I've got a lot of dense muscle there mm -hmm. instead of fat or bone for you to hit. Mm -hmm. um, they also do it... So for about 20, 30 minutes, your heart rate is elevated and you have to think with a clear mind. Um, in Thailand, when you run, you do not run on a treadmill. You run outdoors at all times. And the reason you do that, you have to watch out for cars. You have to watch out for people. Yeah. You have to watch out for yeah. traffic. You have to walk out for mopeds. You have to watch out for the wildlife, snakes. You have to be very aware right. while you are breathing at a much higher rate than you would normally. Yeah, sure, yeah. So why do you think not totally related but just curious why is fighting such a thing in thailand why is that their baseball because are they a violent culture or are they into like self-protection like a little bit of both um so there's a very famous saying in fighting that some people say why do you train so often why do you train so much and the saying to that there's two one is because one day somebody's gonna try to take something from you and yeah. you're gonna have to do something about it and i hope that at that time you're ready to do it mm -hmm. and the other one would be, why do you train so much? Because if we got in a fist fight, I would win. Now, that might not be important to people, yeah. but somebody who's gotten beat up, a woman who's gotten beat up or even raped, right. that might be very important yeah, to them. Yeah, for sure. They might, I might say, I train as much as I train, so I can be the one person in the planet that you will not mess with. Yeah. Now, again, might not be important to per someone, might be very important to somebody who's had a rougher life than other people. Right. Um, so, the reason that it's so popular in Thailand is the same reason that boxing is so popular in Mexico. In a third world country, you are going to have to fight for things. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's also, it just, martial arts is big in Western culture. It's big in China. It's big in Japan. They have karate. Thailand has Muay Thai. Okay. And just kind of like if you said why is baseball so popular in America, a lot of people could give you legitimate reasons, but most people would be like, because it is. Right, right. I don't know. It just kind of happened. Yeah. That's kind of how it happened in okay. Thailand. It okay. just got very popular. Um, okay. They teach it through from kindergarten to 12th grade. Wow. They teach it for fitness. And there's one Muay Thai gym in Charleston, and that would be this one. Right. And in an area of Thailand about the size of Charleston, you would honestly have about 500 gyms. Seriously. It's dead serious. It oh is, it is one of the biggest things in Thailand wow. is Muay Thai. Wow. So that's kind of the story of Thailand, why they take it so serious, uh -huh. and how I got there. Yeah.
Okay, so then. So as my my story continues, I was in Thailand for about a year. And I did you do back. fights the whole yes. time? Yes. So I okay. competed. It's kind of funny. So I competed about a month after being there, and I was like, so you don't learn things in a month. No. Why am I doing this? Right. Why am I getting in the ring? However, they asked me if I wanted to fight, and I was told when they ask you if you want to fight, if you want to fight, the answer is yes. Were you and scared? So like shitless? Scared like, shitless. Oh my god. So here's what happened. So I decided to take my first. You're also not just for anybody listening. You're not like a huge ass dude. No, I, like, so I fight at 135 pounds, um, and I'm five foot seven. Yeah. Um, luckily, we fight in weight classes. <laughs> sure. And yeah. And another thing that is also lucky that we can unpack: size does not matter in a fight. That is probably the biggest misconception of right. fighting is that the bigger guy's gonna win. Um, so. But you didn't know this, so no, like, I were did not. you scared? Because like, I'm little. I was, yes. <laughs> I would be lying if I said I wasn't scared. Right. I was a happy combination of scared, nervous, and excited. Yeah. Because when I told Justine that I was fighting, she was extremely excited, and I was kind of looked at her, and she's like, "Isn't that why you came here?" And you're I was like, like, "I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> but I'm nervous, and she said, "Listen, you said yes, therefore it's a part of life now." On June first. You are fighting. You can't get out of it because you said you would do it. Therefore, you need to just come to terms with the fact that it's going to happen. Yeah. And that was one of the most eye-opening lessons I've ever learned. That some things in life are fact. Mm -hmm. You can't change them. Mm -hmm. So instead of worrying about them, embrace it. Yeah. And I use that for all my fighters now. But I had my first fight. Um, in fact, the week of the fight, I came down with a staph infection. And I had to be all on antibiotics. And I thought to myself... That is my way out. There's my way out. Good. I, I did not. <laughs> I did not do anything. I cannot help the fact that I was diagnosed with a staph infection. Mm -hmm. I do not have to fight. So I, on Thursday, I went to the owner of the gym and I said, "I'm so sorry." I, can't do it. I said, "I can't do it. I have a staph infection." He looked at me and he said, "Let me see your staph infection." And I showed him, and he literally patted me on the shoulder and said, "That's cute. You're still fighting." And I was like, oh my God, okay. like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. And I woke up the next morning with a swollen throat. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what was happening. I was so nervous. My trainer told me to go run a 10K. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I stopped three or four times on the 10K, but I finished it. I came home. He told me to go home and rest. I woke up on Saturday, felt like a warrior. Felt fine, was not nervous, was not scared. I didn't know why, but I embraced the fact that I was doing this. Then I got to the stadium. I rode in a pickup truck <laughs> through the mountains under the stars in Thailand and thought about what I was doing. I sat on top of a mountain for about 20 minutes and talked to myself and said, am I really gonna go do this? Yeah. And then I came with the realization that it was time to show the entire country of Thailand that I belong and that I'm dead serious about this. And so I went down there, I sat in a chair next to the ring before I fought and I looked out to the crowd and I realized I don't know anybody here. What am I nervous about? Yeah. I don't know a soul here. So if I go out here and I get knocked out and I don't tell anybody, mm -hmm. no one would ever know. Right, right. And so... But that's when you realize too, like so much, so much of it's just built around your own ego. It's absolutely. like that's you caring absolutely. about your outcome. Exactly. It's like this isn't and about anybody. I realized, yeah. I realized when I was sitting in the chair about to have the biggest fight of my life, mm -hmm. the most nerve-wracking day I've ever had, pardon my French, no one gave a fuck. Right. No one cared. Right. So I went out there, I had fun, and I knocked the kid out. Um, now. The rest is history. 
the, the rest kind of history. Of. The rest, in a nutshell, I fought four, three more times. I won three more times by two more times by knockout. I was able to go three and one um, with three knockouts, which is a pretty good record. Um, then I came back home for Christmas. I was going to go back to Thailand. And then I realized that nobody in Charleston had any idea what they were doing as far as boxing and kickboxing. So I started teaching at a local gym. And now I would say the rest is history. Okay. Now I have my own gym. I have about 30 people that compete with me. I have been a part of about 75 Muay Thai fights in Charleston. I do believe, not to toot our own horn, toot it, man. that I had the first Muay Thai fight in Charleston. I coached the people for the first Muay Thai fights in Charleston. Wow. And I'm also pretty sure that Anna is now the only person other than myself to ever train in Charleston and compete in Thailand. Wow. Um, so we do hold that very serious. Um, and now the rest is history. Now yes. we have this gym, Charleston Muay Thai and Boxing. We train people to uh, compete, learn to box, learn to defend themselves, learn Muay Thai, learn a new workout, learn a different sport. Whatever yeah. they want out of martial arts, we can help them get it. Okay. So many questions on that. But okay. the first one, why do you think it like stuck with you the way it did? Like, Why did a year in Thailand winning those fights, why? I mean... Literally, that was, what, almost 10 years ago, and you're still balls deep in this. So, it was, one, it's my passion. It sounds crazy, but you can ask Amy, you can ask Anna, you can ask some of the people that train with us. There is a certain feeling about getting hit. It's kind of like when you get hit in the first time, and you're like, oh my god, that was not that bad. Right, right, like, it's over. Whoa. Then you get hit again. And the person looks at you and wonders why you're not cowering down. Yeah. And you say, because you don't hit hard enough. I'm tougher than this. And that really starts to grow inside of you. To the point now, I have been kicked by 185-pound pro fighters in the head and kind of laughed about it. <laughs> because I tell myself, nope, it takes more than that. For me to back down, it's going to take more than you being a 185-pound professional fighter and kicking me in the head. And you know what? Most people are not... 185 right, pound fighters right, yeah. who know how to kick you yeah, in the head. Yeah. So everyday things, everyday conflicts become not as serious. Traffic. Okay? I'm not getting kicked in the face right now. Right. I don't have somebody trying to knock me out right now. Mm -hmm. An argument. Okay? You're not, we're arguing. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to physically mm -hmm. cause me harm. So this is not that big a deal. I'm only going to give you so much of my energy. Yeah. So you learn throughout the day how to conserve your energy for things that matter. I know that if I come in here and I spar Anna or I spar one of my fighters, that's gonna be the hardest part of my day. So going throughout the day, I already know when the hardest part of my day is gonna be. Mm -hmm. I can only gonna give you so much effort because I gotta give this hard part of my day effort. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I loved about Muay Thai is that it's hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get punched, you get kicked, you get a split lip from somebody punching you in the face and you're fine. Right. At the end of the day, you high-five the person who split your lip because your lip is going to heal back and you are going to heal back that much stronger. Yeah. And that's another thing is like, I would be curious about how do you not make a fight a personal thing though? Because most people think, oh, a fist fight or Absolutely. any kind of like martial arts, like this is me against Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So there's a couple of ways to look at it. One, you do not fight your training partners. You help your training partners. Okay. So this is the best way that I can describe it. Um, I have two fighters under me. You know Anna, yeah. and Jeremy is another one of my fighters that also works at the gym. Okay. Now, there's all type of personalities in a martial arts gym. Jeremy is the type 
that he's the rugged personality. He's the guy that is going. He's he's covered in tattoos. He looks intimidating. Mm-hmm. He is kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. He's loud when he hits the pads. He's loud when he hits the bags. Mm-hmm. And he is what we call a come forward fighter. When the fight starts, Jeremy's going to come across the ring, test your will, <laughs> see what you've got, and try to finish you. When he goes with Anna. For those that don't know in the podcast, Anna is my girlfriend. So I have to watch a guy punch and kick my girlfriend hard, borderline maliciously. Jeremy never goes malicious. He's never trying to hurt her. Yeah. But the other week uh, before Anna's fight, Jeremy kind of put it on her a couple rounds and somebody asked her, asked why we were doing this. And Anna said, Jeremy weighs 147 pounds and is a grown man. I fight at 125 pounds and I'm a female. Never in my life have I ever been in a fight and been hit and thought to myself, ah, that hurt. Because you're not hitting me as hard as I get hit on a daily basis, so you don't have my respect. Mm-hmm. Physically. Mentally, of course. Yeah. But physically, no. Yeah. So, we are trying to help each other here. We are trying to get better. And... You have to understand that the person hitting you in the face is trying to help you get better. People say heart can't be taught. Bullshit. Yeah. Come train with us. Heart can be taught. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we are always trying to help each other. So you do have instances where it gets personal. Sometimes in martial arts, whether it's boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, you realize that the way to get what you want is to tap into your, honestly, your primal rage. Mm-hmm. Your do not fuck with me attitude. Bite down on your mouthpiece, ball your fists up, and make the person standing in front of you respect you. And I think women, young kids, and grown men can all learn a lesson from being in that situation. Yeah. It's not a comfortable situation. Right. But neither is somebody mugging you. Sure. Or somebody trying to rape you. Or something trying to take something from you. Mm -hmm. That's not a comfortable situation either. Mm -hmm. But if you can have punches be thrown at you and find comfort in that chaos, then you can find comfort in any chaos. When somebody says, hey, give me your wallet, you can give it to them. Or you can take a deep breath and you can say, no. Yeah. No. If somebody came to take my wallet and they did not brandish a weapon, I would look at them dead in the face and say, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. You can try to take it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to give it to you. Because what's in my wallet is my money. And what I earn with my money, I work hard for. You saying, give me your money is not hard work. So I'm not going to give you my hard work <laughs> for your not hard work. Mm-hmm. You want my money? You can take it. It's going to be hard. Right. You're going to have a hard time taking my wallet, me knowing what I know. But that's one of the reasons I train. But how do you, I mean, in the ring, how are you separating that? Like you said, that someone's going to bust your lip open and then you're going to like shake their hand afterwards. Like, is it a mode you snap in and out of, or do you really separate and say, this person's not my opponent? Um, I'm my, I mean, what is that? So that goes from person to person. And yes, you have an opponent. However, you do not hate your opponent. And just like when I play somebody in basketball, I do not have to hate them. It might help or it might not help. But um, I mean, you like when you coach fighters, you kind of just play that out and see like, absolutely. Is this so, person going to be fueled by hating yes. someone? Or? So, for example, Jeremy, let's go back to Jeremy mm-hmm. and Anna. Jeremy, his enemy is the opponent. He wants to get in there and let this person have it and unleash my frustrations on you. Mm-hmm. Anna's opponent is herself. 
She's a fifth grade school teacher. <laughs> she's one of the nicest people on the planet. She does not know how to fist fight. She knows how to compete. And she knows Muay Thai. In her last fight, she got right in there and she punched this girl in the face. <laughs> and the girl started backing up. And Anna took the center of the ring, said, I'm sorry, for this six minutes, this ring belongs to me. And you're not going to take this from me. They were fighting for a belt. That belt also belongs to me. And I am going home with it. And I don't have a problem putting you in your place a little bit to show you that I am better than you. So, there is, you can't hate your opponent, but you do have to understand that your opponent has worked out. Mm -hmm. They've ran. They've trained solely so you lose. Mm -hmm. And you have trained solely so you win. Now, competition is not for everyone. Muay Thai. And boxing is absolutely for everybody. Competing is not. Yeah. You don't have to compete. Right. But you should, I think everybody should train. Not everybody should compete. Okay, okay. What's like a, since I don't know like anything about the martial arts competition world, do no. you train like, so you have a Muay Thai gym, does that mean that they only do Muay Thai fights or can they do boxing fights? Can they, okay. I mean, does it cross Yes, arts, so or? I know exactly what you're getting at. So, we do mostly Muay Thai here, okay? But we also box. Okay. Now, in Thailand, they do not box. It's all about kicks, elbows, and knees. Okay. However, in America, it's all about punching. In America, you do have to know how to box. So, we flirt the line between boxing and Muay Thai. Now, the name of my gym is Charleston Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And boxing. Okay, okay. Da, so da, 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 we, da. Are, we focus more on Muay Thai. Out of about 20, 30 people that compete, 95% of them compete in Muay Thai. But I feel like, I mean, in my head, boxing's like a small circle and Muay Thai like eats that. So like, would you be bit. comfortable sending one of your fighters into a boxing match? 100%. Okay, okay. Now, I have people that I compete with that have boxed. I have people that compete with us that don't like to kick. And so they are going to just box. Yeah. Um, Anna wants to take a boxing fight. I know Amy is probably not completely opposed to taking a boxing fight one day, um, but everybody's different. Yeah. I would take a boxing fight, and then I've got people like Jeremy. Jeremy would not take a boxing but fight. But is it like the rectangle square thing where like Muay Thai people can box, but boxers can't Muay Thai? 100%. Okay. 100%. Okay. Um, so, yes. In that sense, there is a little bit of a disconnect okay. between boxing and Muay And Thai. then how many fights a year does a fighter do? Okay. So, we'll use um, Anna just because she's the one who competes the most. Um, Amy is on her way to competing as often as Anna does. Um, same with Anthony Brown and Jeremy, two of the younger guys I have here. Mm -hmm. But the way it goes with Anna is a fight camp is about six weeks. So we train all the time. And then for about six weeks, we really focus on the cardio, the technique. And then on the four, three to four weeks, we start to focus on strategy. So when you train, you hit the bag, you hit the pads, you have fun, it's fun, mm -hmm. we laugh in between rounds, we play around. When you spar, you try your fancy stuff, you poke fun at each other. When fight camp starts, all the funniness and the fun kind of gets put to the side and the serious training starts. The serious run start. I care about your run time. Mm -hmm. My rule is if you want to compete, you need to run outside three miles and get those miles as close to 21 minutes as you can. If you are at 21 minutes, you are ready to fight. Mm -hmm. If you are below 21 minutes, you are ready to fight. If it's 22, 23, I think about the body type. If you're shorter and stockier, 
okay, you're probably in shape. You're just, yeah. if you're a gazelle and tall yeah. and skinny, yeah. okay, you've got more, you can cover more ground. Mm -hmm. I get it. But 21 minutes is about the, the time. Then you need to do about five rounds on pads at two minutes a round, because that's what we fight. Five rounds on pads, and by the end of the fifth round, you're breathing heavy, but you're not ruined. Mm -hmm. If I said to go on another three-mile run, you would hate me, but you could do it. Then I need to see in sparring, you're not just going through the motions of punching people. You're making people miss. You're blocking things people are doing to you. Mm -hmm. You're doing what we are working on on the bag and in pads. You're doing that to people. Then we start to focus on the strategy. Hey, this person doesn't block when we kick the leg, so we're going to kick their leg. Do you, like, get to watch yes. the fighters before sometimes. like okay sometimes i can watch the fighters before and like you'll know how a person does yes stuff or no. whatever okay but i'm the type of coach that i do not watch a lot of video i need to know if they're left or right-handed and what they like to do that's it okay and i don't let my fighters look up their opponents that is bullshit okay they do i'm yeah. sure they do right but i tell them they don't. cannot okay because you're just gonna psych yourself out mm -hmm. you're just gonna see just like you put videos up of you looking good and you're not going to put a video sure. up of you looking bad, they're doing that. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're looking at your opponent's best quality. How do you even know who it's going to be, though? We, we get their name. <laughs> okay. A lot of times we get their name. Okay. And we have to agree. So it's funny you say that. Yeah. Because what happens is the promoter says, okay, I'm going to do a fight show. I'm going to have about 10, 15 fights. Let me call Jeff and see how many fighters he can put on the show. Then let me call another gym. Let me call another okay, gym. Okay. Let me get a collection of about 20, 30 names, and let me start matching people up with weight. You fight somebody your size. That is why I say, so right. one of the reasons I say right. size doesn't right. matter in fights, because you're gonna fight somebody your size. Um, and for like fight size, do you always like lose yes. weight for a fight so on purpose? So you weigh in a certain amount. Okay. So what I tell my people is, honestly, Girls cut a little bit less than guys because guys don't have to deal with their period. They don't have to deal with all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I tell the girls, I'm like, listen, you're not going to lose a fight because the person weighs three pounds. But what's pounds. the like weight class window? But the weight classes go usually every five pounds. Okay. So Anna fights anywhere from 122 to 127 or 127 to 132. Okay. Amy fights 115 to 122. So she can be anywhere in between. Okay. There. Now, we usually come in at around the top of the weight class. <laughs> Um, just for obvious reasons, yeah. but in fighting, speed kills. That's why size doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can hit like Mike Tyson. If you're too slow to hit me, it doesn't right, matter. Right, right. Um, my rules for fight camp, no alcohol, eat right, drink water. That's pretty much it. Okay. Okay, so then that's how fights are organized. You went through training camp. There was another question about that. Oh, how many times? How many times do you fight like in a season? I mean, so, is it seasonal? No. Okay. So that's the cool thing about fighting. We have no off-season. Okay. Um, we don't take a break. We fight year-round. Um, everybody is different. It depends on how many fights you want. It depends on what your goals are. Anna averages about three or four fights a year. Okay. Um, but again, she's a fifth-grade school teacher. Right, right. If I had Anna full-time, she would fight once a month. Okay. Um, so as many times as you can put yourself through a fight camp, you can compete. Most people do about two or three a year. Okay. I would say. Okay. Most professionals do about four or five a year. Okay. Okay. One of the things I'm most excited to talk about is the whole, like, female aspect of this because 
whenever I went to title, started casually boxing, one thing you said to me when I was there that stuck with me is like, you think every woman should get hit in the face and know how to hit someone else in the face. So go. What is that? Why? Okay. So women in martial arts, very loaded question. One of my favorite things to talk about. The reason that I think every female should get punched in the face is because that is worst case scenario for women. Mm -hmm. Because when women are intimidated by a man, what are you intimidated about? You're intimidated that he would hurt you. Right. Right? So the amount of times that I've been hit in the face and hit the ground is zero. The amount of times that Anna has been hit in the face and dropped to the ground is zero. So let's say you're going to your car. Let's say you're at your house Mm -hmm. and your husband's drunk. Your boyfriend's drunk. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's say he balls his fist up. Most women are going to panic. Mm -hmm. And we had recently, we had some girls that were training with us that have gotten into sparring and were getting hit by a taller male. And they were getting hit, not hard, but hard enough to make them freak out. And they freaked out. And I said, good. Yeah. I'm glad you freaked out because you got it out of your system. And just like the first time you jump out of a plane, you're going to be freaked out. But then you do it. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you jump out of a plane, you're not as nervous. And then the time after that, you're like, I got this. I'll say when to jump. Same idea. Mm -hmm. You take, after a couple times of being hit in the face, you start to realize you are not made of glass. And you do not break easily. And so you get hit in the face and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So what? So if a girl were to ever get hit in the face, I would hope she'd get hit in the face. If she gets knocked down, she stands back up, and she says, so what? That was cute. Yeah. My turn. Or two, one of the reasons that you, I would think women should get hit in the face, because after about 50 times of getting hit in the face, you are going to be over it. Yeah. And you are going to start to move your head, or you are going to start to get your shoulders in the way, or you're going to start to get your hands in the way. And now I'm saying, okay, forget a self-defense class. And so one of the reasons that I think a woman should get hit in the face is flat out to realize you are not made of glass and you are going to be okay Mm -hmm. after a guy hits you. In fact, now you know what to do. That is the main reason. Yeah. But where where does that come from? I mean, you're a 22-year-old dude who goes to Thailand to fight. Mm-hmm. No connection to like defending women, to mm-hmm. my knowledge. So, so, where are you now? All of a sudden, one, like one, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. I okay. never knew my father. Um, long story short, typical piece of shit dad story. Um, picked alcohol over being my father. That's pretty much it. Um, it's not a sappy story because I got a phone call when I was 15 that he passed away. He had liver cancer, and then he drank like 49 beers the day he got out of the hospital. So he essentially committed suicide, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, oh. And I was kind of like, hey, man, I get it. I never knew him. Yeah. So I'm not going to let myself be all woe is me, no harm, no foul. I was raised by two awesome women, my mother and my grandmother. If I was raised by my father, I probably wouldn't have gotten to be raised by one of them, and I wouldn't have gotten the lessons that they would have given me. Mm-hmm. He was clearly a piece of shit. He probably would have put piece of shit lessons on me. And so, one, I was raised by two women. Two, I've always been a fan of women in martial arts because women don't have an ego and they're easier to train. Um, any guy that you walk up to and you say, you cannot fight, they're gonna roll their eyes and say, who cannot fight? Yeah. If you walk up to a woman and you say, you cannot fight, 
they will probably laugh and be like, why would I know how to fight? Right, right. It's the male ego, and I'm, I don't like it. I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. It's annoying, and it gets in my way when I'm trying to teach people stuff. Mm-hmm. So I prefer women in martial arts because they're smarter. Women have a higher pain tolerance, obviously, with childbirth. <laughs> um, they have way less of an ego. They are way easier to let fight and not worry about two women trying to hurt each other and trying to out-alpha the other woman. Mm-hmm. And so... I just started to leaning towards preferring to teach women martial arts. Yeah. Then I started realizing when I started training these women, the self-confidence they got off of it. Right. The self-confidence that you hear off of the crack of right. the pad. Right. Um, their face lights up. They get so excited when mm-hmm. they come to class. And so that's kind of how it started. I, mm-hmm. s- I slowly sat back and saw what was happening when I was letting these women punch each other. They were having more fun than the men. Because the men, they just want to learn how to hit hard. Just, yeah. The women want to learn the cool stuff. They want to learn the fun stuff. No, I'm not ever going to learn that, but I want to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they end up using it in training, and they're like, oh, my God, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. One of my favorite things is to show Amy and Anna a cool new way to land a punch or an elbow, and their face lights up. Yeah. And I'm so like, oh, I can hit people this exactly. way. <laughs> and so I, I have a knack for helping women get over their self-confidence issues by punching people. I love that. So yeah. that's kind of why I opened this gym. That's kind of why if you come in here on any given day, there will be more women than men. Mm-hmm. Um, in my bags and bells classes, it is honest to God, a six to one ratio, women to men. Um, that's surprising only because I think, I mean, Less so for me because I know you and follow you and stuff, but I think for most people that will be surprising. 100%. Because we think of men as fighters and women not knowing 100%. how to fight, not being interested in fighting. 100%. But, yeah, I, th- I mean, for me, even just my brief little stint in boxing, like, that was a huge, like, liberating mm-hmm. movement pattern. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never done that on anybody, anything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I Absolutely. think that's, like, something women don't... We're looked at um, weird if we want to fight, we want to punch somebody, we Agreed. want to kick somebody. Agreed. You know, that's not feminine and, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, like, it, it means we're mean and aggressive, whereas a dude, mm-hmm. oh, he's just being a dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that is one of the things that I'm trying to change. Um, two, you know, some of the most aggressive fighters I've ever met in my life were women. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they get to trap, tap into that primal rage. That primal rage is in everybody. Primal rage is not masculine nor feminine. Yeah. Um, so, for every badass guy fighter there is, I can find you a badass female fighter. Do you think any of the like female fieriness is wrapped up in the fact that we may potentially have to fight someone, whereas dudes, you're not gonna like, probably not have to fight in the real yes world unless no. you're an idiot in a bar, yes, right? exactly. But- so, I think that one of the reasons that women take this so serious is because if a woman had to use her punches and elbows to protect herself, there is a very good chance her life is on the line. Mm-hmm. If a guy is using his punches to protect himself, <laughs> there's a very good chance he's just drunk. I was about to say, yeah, he's at a bar. Yeah. And so that's another thing. That's another reason I <clears throat> try to. I want to train women because I know if women are going to be used, if women are going to use what I am teaching them, mm-hmm. then they are. They need it. Mm-hmm. If a guy is going to use it, he might not need it. He might just be an asshole. So how do you think then for men and women, like how does fighting change somebody? A lot of people say, once you learn martial arts, do you realize you're a badass and how badass you are? And I say, kind of. 
Right. You realize how badass somebody else can be. Mm -hmm. There are levels to this. Mm -hmm. And when you start training, you start to realize what level you're on. Yeah. I'm not going to go start a fight and get my ass beat in front of Mm -hmm. all my friends. Or I'm not going to go start a fight and hurt myself. Mm -hmm. I do this all the time. It makes it so I don't want to do this outside of the gym. Yeah. You get your aggression out on the It like normalizes fighting. It it, it absolutely does. Yeah. And it makes it... so, So, for example, the two times that I almost got in a fist fight. One... I straight up asked the guy if he had health insurance. And he was like, what? And I was like, man, listen to how this is. Let me tell you how this is going to go. Yeah. I'm going to hurt you. I can't help it. And you are going to turn around and you are going to sue me for what I do to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm begging you to not do this. And he said, you know what, man? Whatever. Yeah. And walked off. The second time, the guy wanted to fight me because of the shirt I was wearing. And I left the bar. I left. Mm-hmm. And they followed me to my car. And I turned around and I said, I'm going to ask you a yes or no question. I said, are you following to my car? And I said, before you answer this, think about your answer very carefully. And he said, yeah. And I said, put your hands up. You do not follow people to their car. And you are going to learn that lesson right now. Mm -hmm. You are going to remember the time that you followed somebody to their car and what happened to you. Mm -hmm. And I put my hands up and I stepped towards him. And he said, hey, bro, you know how to fight. And I said, oh, yeah. very oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. So I highly suggest mm-hmm. you put your hands up. And he turned around and sprinted the other way. But the fact that in both of those scenarios, like, you didn't actually have to no. use your exactly. skills. It's like, exactly. it's like almost fighting just gives people the courage Confidence. to say exactly. shit like that exactly. to scare people. Like, you don't even have exactly. to a- actually so know how to do it. what I'm getting at yeah. is, because I've seen plenty of street fights. I've seen two guys puffing their chest out at each other, yelling at each other. And I'm like, okay, here yeah. we go. Yeah. And then they fight. And I'm like, oh my God, what are y'all right. doing? Yeah. <laughs> you have no clue. Wait, why did you want to do that? Yeah. That's like saying, you want to play basketball? Uh, you want to play me in basketball? Yeah. Oh, let's play basketball. Right. Now, what do I do with this basketball right. exactly? Right. <laughs> I, I put it in the hoop and that's how I get a point? Why do you do that? Mm-hmm. If you don't, and it's because the male ego takes over. And that's why you don't see women getting in street fights mm-hmm. because the male, the female right. ego is not like so that. We're just gonna text. And that exactly, <laughs> and that is why I like training women. It okay. all wraps back into that. right. So then, talk about that then too. How does training change women? So it it gives them self confidence that they never knew they had. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be a time where a female in my gym punches a guy harder than she meant to, and she's gonna realize exactly what happens. He's going to step backwards. And kind of have this look of like, whoa. Yeah. And then you are going to step forward. And he's going to step backwards again. And that right there is worth every ounce you pay me and worth every ounce of sweat you put into this gym. You just made a guy back up. So if you ever need to, put your hands up and make a guy back up. It can be over an argument. If, If your husband is drunk and yelling at you, you can be like, hey. That tone you have, mm-hmm. have it with somebody else. You have earned the right to speak like that. Mm-hmm. If, if some guy's following you around a store, you can turn around and say, hey, do not follow me in this store. I will fuck you up. And he'll probably be like, what a crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. But he's going to walk away. Mm-hmm. I posted on Facebook recently that some lady posted in West Ashley United and said, Oh my goodness, there was a guy following me around Walgreens. I tried to get a picture of him. He's wearing this, this, and this. That is the 
I'm sorry. I hope she's not listening. Right. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Walk around. Turn around. Put your phone in his face and take a picture yeah. and say, hey, why are you following me? Uh-huh. Because if you're following me to take my kids or take something from me, I'm going to beat your ass senseless. Mm-hmm. I will physically put you in the hospital if you mess with me. Mm-hmm. You know what he's going to do? Walk yeah, away. Yeah, not mess with her. And yeah. then he's not going to mess with a woman again. Mm-hmm. He is going to say, what the fuck yeah. was that? Yeah. And you, these women have the right, one of the things that I tell the girls all the time, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, if I was in a bank, or I was in a store, everyone in the store is safer, because I am in here. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody pulls a gun in this store, I'm going to try to do something about it, mm-hmm. because I can. If somebody pulls a knife on somebody next to me, I am going to step in front of that person and say, you want my wallet? You want a wallet? You can take mine. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take theirs. Because they are unable to defend themselves, I am not. And hopefully, nobody ever has to do that. But if you have to, it's in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. There's a very famous saying, it is much better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah. And no, I never heard it, but. some people don't think like that. Mm-hmm. We do. Some people have the naive thought process that nobody's ever going to try to take something from me. Mm-hmm. I'm in my perfect little world. No one will ever try to take something from me. And honestly, I hope they don't. Yeah. But the women that I train, if you try to take something from them, honestly, I hope you don't. Right. Because you are going to get hurt. And I don't want anybody to get hurt. But the people that are not going to get hurt are the women and men that I train. Mm -hmm. They will do the hurting. Mm -hmm. Now, again, that might not be for everybody. Sure. But do you think, I mean, going back to the lady from Walgreens, because I've seen posts like that too, like, I'm on the Greenway and Mm -hmm. like there's a guy, you know, stuff like that. And sometimes it is like an actual Mm -hmm. terrible situation. Like, I get it. It's not to make those small or anything. But do you think it's on... I mean, it's obviously on dudes to stop doing shit like that. But, like, is it also on women to stop posting, like, oh, I'm trying to get a picture, but I couldn't, as opposed to posting, I told him to get the fuck away, and this is what everybody else should do, too? Like, And so, when I read that post, I knew that girl was scared. mm -hmm, I get it. You're mm -hmm, scared. Right. But being scared does nothing. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. Right. And sometimes, people need to hear that. And one of the things that I told my fighters before this next fight is this is semi off topic off topic but it's the same idea yeah. thought process hopes and dreams i had a girl who tell me i mean i hope one day i just dream that i could that i could beat a guy up if i had to okay you know what dreams are bullshit <laughs> because you know when they happen when you're sleeping yeah you know what you have to do to dream absolutely nothing mm-hmm. nothing they don't do anything I am so sick and tired of people saying, following my hopes and dreams. So you're sleeping. Right. <laughs> that, is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. You better follow your hard work. You better follow your hard work and dedication. Because in fighting, we say there's no such thing as talent. I will tell the people who are listening to this podcast to write this down. Talent does not exist. The word talent is what the unmotivated use to describe the hard working. Stop calling people talented and start working hard. And you will realize that what you said they were talented in, I'm a little better. 
Now I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, now I'm talented at it. Yeah. There is no such thing as talent. When I right. say that, I say don't forget that I'm not talented in Muay Thai mm-hmm. and I'm not talented in boxing. Right, right. I worked hard to get there. And so we like to get people in here and show them. Take a girl that has never thrown a punch in her life yeah. and then have her throw punches on pads and I'll ask her, do you think that would knock somebody out? Right. And they're like... Okay, um, if people want to come here and not necessarily to be competitors, because I have a feeling a lot of people listening aren't yeah, trying so, to train to be fighters. If they want to come so, for fitness, like you um, said. Absolutely. So What's that look like? What we do here is we have two styles of classes, and we have a class called Bags and Bells, and then we have just traditional Muay Thai and boxing. Um, a Bags and Bells class is going to be a class that is a light warm-up, 90% of the time it's body weight stuff similar to any body weight warm up jumping jacks lunges mm-hmm. squats push ups practicing your punches showing you the proper way to do your punches um, stuff like that then we're going to do some work on the bags the bags are essentially a sack of clothes <laughs> that you can practice your punches knees kicks and elbows on um, you can learn how to hit a little bit harder on them and so it is a nice way to kind of throw your punches and learn how to punch people mm-hmm. without anything coming back at you. Then we finish that class off with a light weight workout, light dumbbells or back to body weight or light kettlebells. Okay. We're not trying to make anybody huge. Yeah. We're just trying to add some muscle. So when you look in the mirror, you're a little more confident. Um, it all goes back to feel good, yeah. look good, yeah. fight good. Right. Um, Then our other classes are out on the mats and the ring, and they are normally on pads where you work with a partner, and it's the same idea. You learn how to punch, you learn the proper way to do punches, kicks, knees, and elbows, except you do it on a moving target now. Now, the person is gonna be moving around, um, they're still gonna help you, but that class is for beginners as well. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, one of my favorite things is when people don't know anything. Yeah, I was just about to say, let's say people are super intimidated because like, I, I would totally understand. be terrified to just mm-hmm. come in and like completely glove understand. up and get hit. Completely like, understand. And one of the reasons that I love that so much is because that is going to go away. Right. You will work past that. Mm-hmm. Any, for those that are listening, the women that are listening, any woman that you see on our Facebook, our Instagram, in pictures, had a first day in the gym. Every fighter ever, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather, some women that you may not know, Kaylee Reese, Layla Ali, Clarissa Shields, all had first days in the gym. Mm-hmm. What set them apart from women that don't compete, they came back, and then they came back again, and then they came back again, mm-hmm. and then they came back again. It is just like lifting weights. Right. And it, I mean, it's honestly just like life, you know, yeah, like, no, exactly. I mean, you, everybody has a first day at a mm-hmm. job. Everybody has exactly. a first day being a parent. Like you mm-hmm. can't just be like, Oh, it's hard. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going, we're not going to feed you to the walls. We're not going to throw you in the fire, mm-hmm. but we are when you're ready. Yeah. We are going to teach you. But that's you. the only way, you know, that is the best yeah, way. That's like, how I learned. Right. I moved to Thailand and I don't speak Thai. Right. And so when these people Do you were know? punching, <laughs> I, Nidnoi, okay. means a little bit, um, I couldn't tell them to hit me lighter. I couldn't tell them not to hit me like just that. Like, I just how? had to kind of take it. Yeah. And I learned that you can learn a lot about yourself by getting hit over and over. And they say, are you okay? And you constantly say, yes. 
Yes. But again, yes. what like a metaphor for life? That's all that's about exactly. to happen. Is you're just gonna get hit exactly. over and over, and exactly. you're gonna realize, wait, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Wait, and, I can and you do know, this. Yeah. We talk a lot about fighting here, and we talk a lot about competing. But I would say, please don't think that that's all we do. Here. Yeah. Probably only about thirty percent of our members compete. Yeah. Most of them spar and pretend and act like they would compete, but they don't get in the ring mm-hmm. because another famous fa- saying in fighting. Everybody's fighting something. Yeah. Whether that's an opponent, self-confidence issues, body mm-hmm. issues, whatever. We can help with it all. Because again, we help you get out of your way. Yeah. We help you. Yes, this is nerve-wracking. You're going to be worried about the nerve-wrackingness of punching, not what you look like. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're going to walk by the mirror and you're going to be like, Oh, shit. Whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. I look really good. Uh-huh. Okay, sweet. And so you start to see that gradual change. Mm-hmm. But what we're after here is more the mental change. Sure. Because the physical change is going to happen. I don't care if it's boxing. Yeah. I don't care if you go to O2. Yeah. I don't care if you go walk the greenway. Right. If you put in time, you're going to get in shape. Mm-hmm. And we're just another way to do that. Mm-hmm. A little different way. Sure. That you can get certain things you may not get at other gyms. Yeah. So. Okay. And the final two questions I ask at the end of every podcast. What does health or being healthy mean to you? Um, the biggest thing for me and the people that I train about being healthy is quality of life. Mm. Um, you know, being in the gym all the time, you get a better quality of life. I feel Mm -hmm. I'm always bettering myself, practicing my punches, but practicing my punches, I'm working out, right? Practicing my kicks. I'm working out, practicing everything. I'm working out. So I'm just trying to be a better person person right my punch is a little bit better my kicks a little bit better at the same time I'm getting in shape right mm-hmm. and so to me health has to be the most important thing because if you're not healthy physically you're not gonna be healthy mentally and if you're not physically healthy and mentally it doesn't really matter what you're doing yeah it's gonna be hard yeah like and you said so, quality of life is zip if you don't have either exactly. one of those yeah and so yeah. that's what I focus on you know some people train here for life mm-hmm I've had people ask why do you train here and they've said for life. So I'm confident, in shape, and can defend myself if I need to. Yeah. And to me, health is way deeper than physical. Oh. In fact, yeah. it's mostly mental. Yeah. And I think we have a really good grasp on the mental health side of things here. And so to answer your question, what health means to me being healthy both physically and mentally with a happy medium between the two. Okay. Oh, you almost see to the next one. So what's happiness? What's being happy? I think that is dependent on the person. Um, but to me, being happy is a willingness to help other people. Um, you know, I own a fight gym. I mm-hmm. fight all the time. People try to punch me and kick me all the time. And I'm one of the happiest dudes on me. <laughs> um, because Anna, a fifth grade school teacher, one of the happiest people you'll meet because we get to have fun, we get our frustrations out. So to me, being happy is being healthy, having fun. A lot of times I ask people when the last time they had fun with their workout is, and they say, oh, it's been a while. Yeah. And I'm like, then why do you do it? Right, right. Like you have to, being healthy and having fun are two directly related things. Because if I'm at the beach, but I feel like crap, right. and I'm bloated, and my nose is running, and I'm sunburned, I'm not having fun. Yeah. But if I'm at that same beach, and my nose is clear, and I'm not burnt, and my stomach doesn't hurt, then I'm probably pretty happy. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think a lot of people would be happier if they were healthier, 
and a lot of people would be healthier. What a golden interviewee, because that's the last question is, are the two intertwined? Like, Absolutely. can you be happy without being healthy? And can you be ha- healthy without being happy? I think, I think that there are certain levels to everything. Yeah. You'll hear me say that a lot. Yeah. And I think there are levels of happiness and levels of health. But I think if you are not happy, your health is limited. And you are not healthy, your happiness is limited. Boom. So I think that if you can combine the two, there is no limit. That's how it ends. I love it. Do you have anything else you want to add, say? Come see us. We're at 1856 Belgrade, Charleston Muay Thai and Boxing. For anybody that wants to learn the basics of boxing, the basics of kickboxing, the basics of self-defense, one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life is I went to a self-defense class once. No. (laughs) Come here and let us show you why that's crazy. Um, I understand that the gym can be intimidating. I hope by this podcast that I show people I'm not an intimidating yeah. guy. I can only be so intimidating standing five foot seven, 135 pounds. <laughs> Normally when you come in the gym, my dog will be running around. There will be more females than men here. Yeah. So that's reason for females to come here, and that's reason for men to come here. Um, come check us out. We're off of Wapu Road. I'm going to make Emily do a class or two, yes. and she can talk about later yeah. what she got out of it. But that's all I have to say. Cool. Damn, what a perfect ending note, right? Jeff, thank you so much for not just your time, not just the minutes and hours of your day that you gave up to sit down and talk with me, but mostly your presence. Um, A lot of people can show up and can block out an hour of their time and they can sit there in front of you, but it's another thing for people to be so there the entire time and not trying to just rush it along or just answer the questions and move on with their day. So thank you for your story for your presence, for your experience, and thank you especially for your passion and your mission to help women feel confident and pretty much just be total badasses. Like, I'm so for that. So thanks for being a rare guy in this world who's standing up so strongly and courageously for that. This interview honestly got me thinking about so much stuff and like, I could probably record an entire episode just about this interview. But instead of doing that, I am going to write a blog post about this because for me, there were just so many big takeaways and other tangents and topics we couldn't really get into. So I'm going to link that blog post in the show notes, as well as all of Jeff's contact info and any information on the gym as well, if you are in the Charleston area. I have not yet taken a class at Charleston Muay Thai at the time of this recording, but I can tell you from my brief experience with Jeff at the other boxing gym that I was a part of that he's a phenomenal teacher and coach. Like fighting is something that's really hard to teach another person to do. And I can tell you also that Jeff's got a really cool space for his gym. The gym is actually where we recorded and it's so nice. It's a really great open, inviting setup. So if you're looking for something new to try or maybe you actually wanna learn how to fight, um, definitely check them out. All of that information is gonna be in the notes as well as in the blog post itself. Even if you're not a blog reader or an article reader in general, I would highly, highly recommend just clicking on this one, if only for the pictures and videos, because maybe it's because I'm not that familiar with fighting or because I'm a girl and like Jeff talked about, I am of the population that's terrified of getting hit in the face. But either way, these pictures and videos of the girls just totally dominating in the guys too are so cool. So definitely go and click the blog link and give those a look. Thank you for listening. As always, the podcast is now on Spotify, which is super cool. So one less excuse to not rate, review, or share. So wherever you're listening, if you can go and give this podcast some loving or just share it with a friend, that would be mucho appreciated. Have a great day, my friends, and I will catch you in the next episode.